Welcome to your sanity safe space. Not a fucking issue. With your favorite YouTube podcast duo. You're fucking a white male. And a white female too. Saving the millennial generation in weekly installments. <laughs> Live from a castle tower and his mother's basement. This, this is Beauty and the Beta. And we will make America great again. Hello, and welcome to the show. A great show, a terrific show, a tremendous show. Frankly, the best. Ask anyone. That's what you gotta say to pass Donald Trump's ideology test for immigration anyway. <laughs> this is Beauty and the Beta. My name is Matt. You know me by my YouTube moniker, Skag3. I am flanked on my right, as always, by my wonderful co-host, Rebecca Blonde. Hello. Welcome. And we are very excited to host our guest tonight, president of the UC Irvine College Republicans, thoughtful writer over at refinedright.com, alumnus of Milo's podcast, which is a damn fine feather to have in your cap, I'd say, Ariana Rollins. Welcome to the show. Hi. Hello. Thank you for having me. Uh-oh. Oh, you froze for a second, but now you're I back. I thought, thought we lost you right <laughs> off the top. It would have been terrible. Um... But we're, we're really happy to have you. I really enjoyed your piece on the boy who cried expulsion, which, uh, which detailed fake censorship, a claim of fake censorship uh, at Purdue. Uh, and this student falsely said he was being punished for retweeting friend of the show Blair White. So I want to discuss that case in a little more detail. Uh, so we'll break that down. We'll break down Trump's big immigration speech this <laughs> week. Uh, the hilarious hit piece by uh, by ABC on Milo. We'll break that down, which is going to be awesome. And we might even talk a little bit of Lena Dunham if we're feeling masochistic. Who knows oh if my we'll gosh, that far. Sure. <laughs> That's everyone's I reaction. I don't want to vomit on, on, on live. You know, when I'm being recorded. I, I didn't warn you about that before we went live. So that no. was the one thing I, I hid from you, I think. I didn't have but, to take like my like my calming medicine or anything yeah. like that. <laughs> but it'll be all this and more on your favorite hour of listening material. Thank you for liking the show on YouTube. Thank you for reviewing the show on iTunes. Thank you for supporting us on Patreon. Thank you for emailing the show. That's beautyinthebeta at gmail.com. Remember, we're also posting extra audio content on our audio platforms each week. That's iTunes, SoundCloud, Podbean, Stitcher, and elsewhere. Be sure to subscribe there for more of the show. The last, uh, well, the second to last intro item. I have two more intro items I want to get through. <laughs> we owe an apology to someone from last week, Blonde and I do. Because last week we were talking about the current trend that is disavowing anything and everything. And everyone, really. And I was pretty tough on a particular person. I want to play that clip at the top of the show. Get this out of the way. I don't care if Adolf Hitler comes back from the grave. I don't care if Abu Baghdad al-Baktari or whoever, ISIS guy, says Trump's really cool. I don't care. I don't yeah. care. Anyone can endorse anyone. It's the same idea for Milo thinking he has to disavow the people who sent Leslie Jones gorilla pictures. No, he doesn't. You can no. go take it up with Twitter egg 112 if you think that the tweet was offensive, not Milo Yiannopoulos. <laughs> well, the unfortunate thing that happened was... Turns out Twitter Egg 112 was actually listening. Uh, Twitter, Twitter Egg 112 got back with the show. Hey, asshole, I heard you call me out on your podcast. Well, fuck you and fuck Libtard America, too. So uh, it was not fair for me to call out Twitter Egg 112 like that. The show offers our sincere apology. We'll try to be kinder in the future. 
He has had a series of excellent egg-related tweets this week as well. And for that, I thank him. He said we're just not cracking him up anymore. Yeah, he's moving on. But that's, <laughs> those tweets and that account was brought to you courtesy of friend of the show, at CoatRack89. Thank you for supporting the show. Harambe's blessings are upon you as always. Uh, and Blonde has one more story. Some, oh, some okay. crazy development over the weekend that I got to hear again. <laughs> or it might not be a development at all, but... This weekend, I was contacted by an ex-boyfriend of mine who was working on the campaign for um, Bill Bryant. He's the gubernatorial candidate for Washington, I believe. Um, and he's like, hey, I just saw your channel on YouTube. I really like it. I like what you're doing. And it's not related to my name. Like, I haven't seen anybody that's actually found the channel through me, you know. And we weren't um, – I wasn't working on the channel when we were dating. And so I was like, oh, my God, how did you hear about this? And he was like, well, actually, at this fundraiser, Ben Shapiro uh, – was like, you should listen to this podcast. You should watch this um, this chick channel. And I was like, huh, that does not sound feasible. That sounds like a fucking lie. And I was thinking maybe he was just trying to get in my pants, but he just stopped conversation with me, hit the road. And so now I'm thinking it might be true. So Ben Shapiro may or may not be a listener of my show. So I apologize for all the terrible things I've said about you recently. <laughs> Whoops. Sorry, this, Ben. Not this really. is the sorry, question. Do we do we have a wild Ben Shapiro secretly listening to the show? I know, show? right? Which would be, I, I would love or, to know now. I'm 60, 75% on the side that this guy is yeah. bullshitting you for reasons X, Y, and Z that involve yes. him wanting but something. he did not try to meet up you. with me, so I will give him that. And he really is working on this campaign. I, I Googled the crap out of him. Um, it seems like quite the lie, especially because he did not know anything about my channel. So I'm actually mm. under the impression. I think it might be true. Well, Mr. Shapiro is more than welcome on the show. Would love to. Like I said, maybe in a dream world, we can be the mediators between Shapiro and Milo. Coming yeah. to a Beauty and the Beta episode in the future. I, I can't be unbiased plus. on that, though, because, you know, I hate Ben's face. So it's going to be a problem. <laughs> well, uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll see if anything develops of it. But I'm highly skeptical. So. I'm skeptical. Highly okay. skeptical. But you've been on Crowder and I've been on Gavin McInnes and we met Milo. So it's not like we're like super small time. I mean, my channel's really small, but, you know, it's not yeah. impossible. Just very unlikely. As much as I love stroking our own egos, <laughs> we got a show to do. Uh, so let's stroke Ariana's ego instead. Aye, aye. I'm, I'm down uh, for that. I'm down for that. So <laughs> I actually was reading uh i mentioned at the top of the show but i was reading some of your work uh within the last couple of weeks and uh I, I found it super interesting that's why i reached out to you that's why i'm excited to have you on the show because you wrote this piece on this kid who who's a purdue student claimed over the summer to be uh the victim of or subject to an expulsion threat at purdue for his social media activity um and I think you did an excellent job in going through a lot of the nuanced inconsistencies in a lot of his claims. But what I found fascinating about this too was it just goes to show that this, vic this victim complex is not limited to the social justice warrior context. There are those among the, the, the free speech people, the, the, the right, the classic liberals, these people who are always you know, uh, crying, out, crying out against the, uh, the social justice people. They can do it too. This victim complex is not limited to that side. Right. And I, I thought it was really interesting. I don't know if, if you're comfortable recounting some of those facts and you know why you chose to write about this story or, or what about it captivated your interest. But uh, if, if you can give kind of a, 
quick summary of what that story was about and what some of your findings were. That would be awesome. Um, well, you know, the reason I'm, I'm involved in politics is in the first place is because I want to help other young people get involved in politics and I want, you know, I, I just want to help other young people. Uh, so when I first saw, you know, you know, Josh Nash tweeting on Twitter, hey, you know what, my school threatened me with expulsion because I retweeted Blair Wyatt, I said bad things about Black Lives Matter, uh, and because I called myself a dangerous faggot like Milo, I, I, I reached out to him, you know, to want to help him, um, because that, that's just something that I love to do, something I'm passionate about. Uh, I believed him at first, which okay. is, <laughs> when, you know, that's a, I did something I didn't, I didn't really put in the, in the article. Um, I believed him, and I helped him write a press release, because that's something, that's something I do in my own practice uh, over at UC Irvine. When something goes wrong, I send out press releases. Uh, so I had the full story from him firsthand, uh, and and then he started to change it. So more things were added. It's a little bit unbelievable. He says that he's he's talked to the FBI. Uh, <laughs> yeah, talked to the FBI. He talked to the FBI for about receiving. Uh, oh, that's right. Okay, so yeah, he was claiming that people that was, and it. I mean, there were just a a lot of the facts you pointed out in the piece were just really interesting. Like he allegedly received these threats from students, none of whom could be verified as Purdue students. Did he give you names, like specific first and last names, and you tried to He showed this? me screen caps of, 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 the, um, of, of the threats he received, which, you know, I do believe that they are credible. I can't, just, I can't prove that they were or weren't made, but I can prove that they do not appear to attend Purdue University. I looked through their <laughs> student directory for those names. None of them showed up. Google search, nothing had ever, you know, nothing, nothing about Purdue in those names. And was the, when he came to you about the threats or when he told you about the threats, was the claim that they were Purdue students explicitly stated? He said, I'm receiving threats from Purdue people, or is that? Yeah, um, he, he said he was, he was getting threats from students who go to Purdue and he didn't feel safe um, gotcha. on his campus. And then he proceeded, I asked him, do you, do you think the school is to blame for any of these sort of threats? And he says, yes, absolutely. They're creating an unsafe environment for me by, by, you know, threatening me with expulsion for something I've done over, over the internet. Um, so, so you know, I, I don't really think that it's fair to blame the school for threats from people who don't even go to that school. Um, oh, certainly. Around, yeah. All around not good stuff. Yeah. Oof, man. So, okay. So your relationship with him or your trust level with him started to turn and you just started to become more skeptical of his claims, of his story. Did your relationship with him also sour? Because one of the things I'm curious after reading this was you've done a really good job of, if not fully debunking, casting a lot of doubt given the way certain facts don't jive together on the claims that he's making. So after this was published, or after you finished this, are you are you still in contact with him, or has he spoken with you about this publication? What's your relationship like now after the fact? Um, I like to be professional, and I haven't I haven't spoken to him uh, for about a month. I would say I would estimate about about a month. I haven't spoken to him since I concluded my investigation, uh, which was a, a decent amount of time ago. It was about uh, a week after the article appeared on Fox News is when I finished it. Uh, I, I wrote it really quickly and then sat tight on it because I didn't, I didn't uh, want it to interfere with anything uh, going on with Milo at the moment. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> um, did he ever? When I when I read this too, the other thing that I was thinking about: Did he ever come clean? 
I mean, it, when I go to his Twitter now, he still says things like, I'm a free speech advocate. Uh, apparently a particular type of speech, which would be lies, apparently, <laughs> the free speech that he advocates. You don't have to lie. Um, You're allowed to lie. But, you know, you, you have to suffer the consequences of, of the, the things that you say. Uh, you have your free speech, but you also have the consequences of that speech, whether it be, you know, social, uh, ostr- ostr- you're being ostracized from social circles, um, from people not believing what you say, you know, losing your job over lying uh, when you were supposed to be telling the truth, you know, things like that. You have to, you have to be responsible for, for the yeah. words that you say. And he hasn't taken responsibility. I mean, isn't for- this libelous if he's accusing Purdue of being responsible for this? Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sure I'm qualified to say, but if I were Purdue University, I would look into, um, some sort of corrective action. Uh, if I were Purdue. I, yeah. I, I, disagree. I don't agree with accusing a school who has a green light for free speech, has stood up for free speech and accusing them of something that they haven't done that harms their reputation. Right. I don't think that's Yeah. Fair. I mean, and how, how pissed off would you be if you are a current Purdue student or a Purdue alum? A lot of, right. in my alma mater, there was, in the last fall, there was a lot of the, the bullshit violence. I mean, it was never proven to be a hoax, but last, throughout the last year, there were all kinds of threat and violence hoaxes across all, across college campuses across the country. One of which was my, uh, uh, was my alma mater. And that pisses me off as an alum to know that the credibility and and uh, of my school's being called into question and also to know that people are trying to portray the campus that I spent so much time on as this unsafe racist place that's scary to be when it's clearly not. Right. right. Uh, so it is troublesome the the extent to which he's going to defame what looks to be a stand-up school in terms of protecting people's uh rights and abilities to uh express themselves. He should have uh, just gone to M- Mizzou, then he wouldn't even have to lie about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's something that's also an interesting sort of you know subject with this is that when you lie about things like that, you harm everybody else in the movement who's telling the truth. You know, right. actual real fights yes. against actual uh, discrimination against conservatives on college campuses. Like even at my my own UC Irvine, they banned the College Republicans Club. Um, Right. There's just things like that that happen. People are going to look at it a little bit more skeptically now. And isn't isn't that a shame? I mean, this this that was my takeaway after reading your article was look at what has happened to terms like racist, bigot, even rape. These are all terms that have been kind of delegitimized to an extent oh, yeah. because of the way they've been falsified. What a shame it would be if that happened to the word censorship. Which I, I if, agree. You know, if Josh uh, which, keeps doing stuff like this, will happen. Which is why, I, which is why I thought that we, as as someone on the right, we conservatives, needed to be the one to correct the record. This shows that we police our own, and we we value truth, we value integrity, right? We, we value actual people who go out there and fight the good fight, and not some of these liars, some of these pretenders. And that's something that differentiates us between the left and and the right is where the left, you know, sort of accepts and embraces. These 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 people who lie about their stories, like Mattress Girl, is is a hero on on the right, left. Right. But it's very, it's very very clear she she faked her entire rape story. And they will um, go down with the ship too. Like they are serious about yep. seeing these things through. They will never admit that any of these things are hoaxes, even though it's so obvious. Especially Mattress Girl. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> oh, hmm. Do you know if he plans to continue attending Purdue? I, I would assume they're starting up, if not already started, right about now. 
I'm, I'm not sure, but given, you know, the difficulties I face as a student, <laughs> you know, affording college, uh, and, and, you know, just the amount of time that I don't have to do any sort of administrative thing, like, uh, I wouldn't be able to, I don't have the time to want to file to change a different school or even apply. So I would assume that he's continuing his education at Purdue. He's going to be the most hated person on campus, probably. God. Well, oh, so am I at UC Irvine, but... <laughs> really? <laughs> Oh, it's, 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 I'm either the most hated or most loved, just depending on who you talk to. Uh, it's very, <laughs> it's very uh, social pro social justice school. But Orange County generally is is kind of a right leaning place, is it not? But obviously yeah, not the campus. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I have a great relationship with uh, the Orange County Republican Party and with the Orange County Lincoln Club, and you know, conservatives throughout the throughout the county. But uh, people people get imported into UC Irvine. They just come from all over um, to, to attend school there. It's a great school. Mm. So, so that's why there's, there's, it's, it's, it's a blue, it's a blue area right there. Most college campuses are, uh, I wonder, maybe he'll just get absorbed. Maybe he'll, maybe, I don't know. What, what do the social, what does the social justice warrior crowd do with him? Because you can't victim blame. You can't, I mean, they you bring have, him into the fold and right, teach him how to, to use absor- his lies for social justice causes. Right. He's going to be the biggest leftist we've ever seen in like two months. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, maybe, you know, he's an opportunist. So, you know, if they, if they give him, if they put him in front of a camera, maybe he'll say whatever it is they, they yeah. want him to say. But, you know, I do really hope that he learns uh, that, you know, he sort of changes his way. Maybe that's a little naive of me, but I do believe that, you know, people, people do have some goodness in them somewhere. Oh, yeah, yeah. I would hope that that is a trait of all of us, is that everyone is given the opportunity, the chance to come clean and be like, you know, look, I'm... <laughs> I'm Oops. an idiot kid. No, if he said like, look, I'm an idiot kid and everyone does idiot kid stuff when they're idiot kids, I would say, yeah, you know, I did too. And I can respect yeah. that you've come clean and, you know, I mean, it's, it's obvious retrospectively now when you look at it, you see the way he was tweeting Blair, like, please notice me, Blair, I love you. And then go to, to Milo and Mike Cernovich, please guys, notice me. I, you know, I'm starstruck by you. It's very obvious retrospectively that that's what he was doing. And if he yeah. just said like, yeah, I wanted attention from people I really look up to fine mistakes happen yeah i mean yeah. I'm, I'm people could you know empathize with them a little bit for that and uh you know i, I don't blame blair M- milo or, or or mike you know for sort of maybe believing him for even a second because people people you know like me they just really want to help right. other people who've been censored and you know sometimes they're a little too gung-ho a little too overeager, and you know mistakes happen um yeah. but that story rang true initially i think to, to almost all of us Oh yeah, it was very believable on on the surface. Yeah, I mean, he had a letter and everything, but the letter—if you—I mean—if you paid a little bit more attention to it, and you, you did a you did a double read, you're like, wait, this just this just says a, a meeting, just coming in for a meeting. It doesn't say expulsion. And it um, says Facebook posts, and he was complaining about Twitter. Yeah, yeah I mean, there was all kinds of things huh. that don't line up. Um, Twitter wasn't but, even created until he'd received the letter. Right, which is another. Another key fact that you, oh my God. you know, had the good sense to kind of, a lot of people don't think of that as like, what was the actual account creation date here? And that is a very easy way to see, like, the, the letter cannot possibly be in response to this Twitter because the Twitter did not exist at the time of the drafting of the letter. Impossible. But he won't admit, you know, these kinds of things. Anyway, um, it, it's a really good article, uh, just kind of a different look at uh, how this victim complex, this martyr complex, can really manifest anywhere with anyone of any particular ideology. I really suggest uh, and hope people will go check it out. But I've heard that you also wrote about what's going on at Georgetown uh, with the slave descendants getting preferential 
admission or enrollment treatment. Can you can you give us a quick summary of what that's about or what you've written about there? Um, so Georgetown University, they uh, just a little little summary for people who, who aren't familiar with the with the story, but they used to own slaves uh, back in the, back in the day of, of slavery, and they sold a few of them. Um, to get some more money for the school. So now what they're doing is uh, giving preferential admission status, you know, lowering the bar for admission, because uh, it's a good university, for, for people who are descendants of slaves and who apply. Um, so I was on the BBC World Service Radio um, this week and, you know, giving a little, a little my opinions on that. Uh, which I do think, you know, I think that everybody should be held to the same standard, regardless of race, regardless of gender, regardless of the way you look, where you come from, anything. It should just be based on merit, based on did you get did you get good grades in high school? Did you get good test scores? Are you a well-rounded individual? Are you going to make this uh, university a better place for everybody? Are you going to contribute to this university? Um, and I don't think it should be based on things you can't control when you were born with who you're descended from. I, I wasn't aware that the, the school itself owned slaves. That's kind of interesting. I thought it was just slave descendants generally. No, no. Um, <clears throat> so does is that a fact that matters? I'm trying to play devil's advocate here. I don't know. I don't think so because nobody alive today is responsible for anything that the school did then. I mean, sure. Yeah, if, yeah. If, if, the, if the university president, current university president, owned slaves 20 years ago, impossible. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Sure, you know, maybe he could take some corrective action on that because he feels bad. But it's it's ridiculous to think that people now have to pay reparations for something that they're not responsible for. I think it's right. sort of, you know, some sort of internalized guilt, some internalized, uh, you know, just, just low self-esteem from people giving into, you know, the demands of the politically correct. And, and we talked about this a bit before the show, but this is a total slippery slope. I mean, are we going to do this yeah. for the Irish, which is what you said earlier? I mean, we, we can't do this for everybody. What if everybody deserves the reparations that our ancestors... I mean, that's insane. This is an insane concept. Yeah. And what's the um, the rule of limitations here? If you right. Put, like, how far back are we going to go? Exactly. If you, if you start with, with this, then it's going gonna, it's gonna to go for, you know, free scholarships for... for uh, just scholarships for everyone who's a descendant of slaves. Scholarships for every African-American. Let's extend that to Mexicans. And, oh, now the Asians. It's just... You know, we put the Japanese in camps in World War Two. Horrible thing. Um, you know, let, let's let's give them let's give them all you know free free health care or something. Just you can't you can't just give people things that they didn't work for, they didn't deserve because it sort yeah. of creates uh, it, it creates an unproductive society in the end. I'm sure you could make that argument too. The the Japanese example is interesting because I'm sure if you wanted to, you could. There's probably an example of maybe a Japanese student. Uh, interned away from Georgetown or any school for that matter could make the similar argument. This person was robbed of an education by virtue of the internment policy. Do does this country or a particular school owe that Japanese descendant an education? It, it's exactly the same argument. It's actually much more recent. If anything, I think the Japanese argument makes more sense because of recency. I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't think that needs. <laughs> sense because america no, i don't really either but america has you know we have some some horrible things in our history no nobody's denying that um but we've owned it we've we've you know we've made laws everyone's equal you have equal opportunity but equal opportunity doesn't mean that you're going to have equal success because you if the drive has to come from within you you have to work hard for those grades you have to work hard you know doing your homework doing extracurriculars making yourself a well-rounded person reading books, getting smarter, it has to come from you. And it, things just can't be handed to you. And if they're handed to you, you, you get lazy and you get unproductive. 
Yeah. Well, you can read about that as well over at uh, refinedright.com. I was not aware of this website um, until actually reading your piece. So is this something new or have you guys been uh, doing this for a while? Because I've never heard of the site before, actually. Um, we started it about six weeks ago. So oh, it's, it's really new. It's pretty new. It's relatively new. Yeah. yeah. But we have some great success. We have a great team, uh, you know, great editors, great writers. Uh, you know, everyone gets along really well. So that's always, that's always great for, for team building. But, you know, I love the content, love the site, love doing what I do. I feel so classy reading it, too. Refined, right? I don't know. I like the name. <laughs> uh, designer does fantastic work. Yeah, it, it, is, it is just an aesthetically pretty site, too, all around uh, good work. So I hope people will go check that out. But um, you guys want to talk uh, the big news of the week, the Trump immigration speech? Of which I, I found to be really interesting because last show, Ariana, we broke down um hillary's alt-right speech for almost the whole show like this, we th- there's just so much depth there that we just went through it at length i know i think it was so a political fun. just it's going to be a catastrophe for her campaign that was such was, a bad move yeah bad move. like it seems I mean, great for me but you know disastrous <laughs> for her just disastrous yeah i mean every the degree to which that appears to have flopped from my perspective, this immigration speech appears to have been somewhat of a success, to be honest. Uh, and coming from me as someone who's been a Trump skeptic, I think it's fair to say, um, and someone who is constantly a little disappointed with his lack of specificity, man, this, as we'll show, I've, I've cut it down here. We'll listen through it. Ten points, bang, 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 bang. Here's the problem. Here are my solutions. As specific as anyone could want uh, and saying things that are Obviously true that nobody wants to say. I thought he did a pretty damn good job. Let's get that plan here. When politicians, when politicians talk about immigration reform, they usually mean the following. Amnesty, open borders, lower wages. Immigration reform should mean something else entirely. It should mean improvements to our laws and policies to make life better for American citizens. We also have to be honest about the fact that not everyone who seeks to join our country will be able to successfully assimilate. Sometimes it's just not going to work out. It's our right as a sovereign nation to choose immigrants that we think are the likeliest to thrive and flourish and love us. Anyone who tells you that the core issue is the needs of those living here illegally has simply spent too much time in Washington. Let me tell you about my plan. We will build a great wall along the southern border. And Mexico <laughs> will pay for the wall. They don't know it yet, they're going to pay for the wall. <laughs> Number two, we are going to end catch and release. Number three, this is the one I think it's so great. Zero tolerance for criminal aliens. Zero, I wonder why you put the great zero. one number three. Number That's my four, only question. But. Block funding for sanctuary cities. We block the funding. No more funding. Number five, cancel unconstitutional executive orders and enforce all immigration laws. Number six, we are going to suspend the issuance of visas to any place where adequate screening cannot 
occur. Another reform. Okay, so and then this part is where we'll talk about some things I find interesting in a, in a minute here and see what you guys think. But uh, this this spot was of particular interest to me because he's he appears to have walked back the Muslim ban and replaced it with this kind of ideological testing that he Same describes thing. here. Yeah, yeah, kinda. I just that's I'm how we should have phrased it in the first place. In my yeah, opinion. yeah. So we'll, this is an area I'd like to dig into when when we fit, get through the clip here in a second. Involves new screening tests for all applicants that include, and this is so important, especially if you get the right people, and we will get the right people, an ideological certification to make sure that those we are admitting to our country share our values and love our people. Applicants will be asked for their views about honor killings, about respect for women and gays and minorities, attitudes on radical Islam, which our president refuses to say, and many other topics. Number seven, we will ensure that other countries take their people back when we order them deported. Number eight, we will finally complete the biometric entry exit visa tracking system, which we need desperately. Number nine, we will turn off the jobs and benefits magnet. Number 10, we will reform legal immigration to serve the best interests of America and its workers, the forgotten people, workers. There will be no amnesty. Boom. Damn. Oh, man. Our message to the world will be this. You cannot obtain legal status or become a citizen of the United States by illegally entering our country. Whether it's dangerous materials being smuggled across the border, terrorists entering on visas, or Americans losing their jobs to foreign workers, these are the problems we must now focus on fixing. And the media needs to begin demanding to hear Hillary Clinton's answer on how her policies will affect Americans and their security. Ooh, what was it uh, Chris Matthews said about Obama? I got tingles in my spine. I can't believe that. No. Uh, like I said, wonderfully specific. I'm not sure. I, I have some points of... You know, question. I have some questions to ask about the practicality of some of these proposals, but really, really well done in terms of specificity. Also, what I appreciate is saying a lot of things that are obviously true, but you just don't hear very much. And I love the way that he framed it about anyone who tells you that immigration is an issue about taking care of those who came here illegally doesn't get it. We need to be taking care of the American worker, American worker first. It's sad that that's kind of like a controversial claim, that that's... Say that. Yeah. And that it, it strikes me as strange, like, whoa, that's kind of a, that's a new concept. America first, American worker first. That's pretty interesting. Um, and then I love the challenge at the end of, look, you, you it's the media's obligation to, to press Hillary on how she is going to help the average American in terms of security and in terms of um, their job and employment and all these issues that go hand in hand with immigration. I am skeptical of this ideological test i i agree i understand and agree with its purpose uh and and completely understand the idea that we don't want people who uh are either disloyal to this country or don't 
their values don't ally, align with, uh, with our values in terms of our, our loyalty to the Constitution and the rule of law, and namely Sharia and everything that goes along with uh, the way things work in a lot of Islamic countries. I get it. I understand that entirely. I'm just wondering, is it practical to have a list of questions for immigrants who can just say, no, I don't believe in honor killings. I don't believe in... Or will they do that? I don't know. Is it practical? That's my question. It's impractical because Takia states that you can just lie indiscriminately to people as long as it promotes the objective of Islam. So I fail to see how this is even practical, although I do like the mentality that the, I like where he's coming from. And I, I do wish that he would have phrased this the same way initially so it didn't look like he was flip flopping. So I agree with you there. I, I mean, I don't know if it's, if it's going to stop all of them coming through. I'm sure there's some who are going to be stubborn and say, no, I believe, you know, a woman's place is wrapped up in blankets. Uh, you, you can only see her, her eye slits. Uh, or, or, Very cozy. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> if they're, if they're going to be living in, in uh, you know, like New England or something like that, maybe, maybe, that's, a, maybe that's a good choice. It'll keep you nice yeah. and warm. Um, that, that, wouldn't, that wouldn't fly so well in Florida or Arizona. But um, I, I think that it will catch some of them. And, uh, you know, later if they go on and, you know, just like that preacher in uh, Florida, that imam in Florida, you know, all the gays must die, kill all the gays. That guy, uh, you, you know, well, you you lied on your on your on your test, didn't you? You li- you're, you're you're lying now, or you're lying on your test. Uh, mm-hmm. So you can sort of catch some of that, make it like a contract. Um, oh, that's true. Yeah. That didn't occur to me. Yeah. So when you hmm. when you find those people, you know, you're saying, well, what what are you doing? You know, did you lie right here when you signed your name saying you you believe in Western values? One, one time you're lying. Did you just? I mean, if if you if you break your contract, deport. So, I like hmm. this. This is good. Like <laughs> yeah, get a job as um, Donald Trump's policy director. I mean, I, I like great. I said, I I definitely get where he's coming from, and anyone who thinks that people coming from countries where specifically where Sharia is the law of the land, that you're just going to come here and be like, Haha, can't wait to assimilate. No, yeah, it's not going to happen. So, I, I appreciate that he's realistic about that reality mm-hmm. realistic about a reality whatever uh, I, mean, I think to become a citizen there should be some sort of you know test i think people should be tested you know this is what america stands for this is what america believes in what are what is our constitution can you can you can you list the amendments and what what do they mean um you know make it make it a little test as a as a prerequisite before you apply for citizenship hmm. and if you don't get citizenship and you've been here x amount of years there, there can be things done about that. This has gone gone uh, far too xenophobic. We're going to have to go <laughs> off the air. Uh, YouTube already demonetized, I'm afraid. If you're a social this, justice warrior and you're yeah. watching this, please log off now. <laughs> yeah. Hey, we have... Uh, well, we don't... I don't know. They always come after me on Twitter. I get called a racist multiple times on Twitter a week. Uh, <laughs> and I was called out a couple times this last week. Invited them both to the show. Want them on the show. They won't. They never do. You should just just, like search my mentions and just pick off some of them because I've got tons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, I don't even care if you want to call me names on Twitter, as I'm sure (laughs) they do to you too. It's just like I would never go after someone who who uh, I would not engage in a in a live discussion like this. Right. It's just stupid. Why would I waste my time? Yeah. Uh, I wish they would come on the show. They just never will. It's really, really annoying. But it's never actually a picture of them either. And the same goes for Josh Nash, the kid from your article. If he wanted to come on the show and explain, absolutely. Oh yes. Come on the show. Right. Any anyone I've been critical of, come on. But yeah. Uh okay. So it seems like we're all in kind of general agreement on 
the speech. Are there any other um, issues you guys want to talk about on it as far as like questions or really points of praise? Or I think it was where he says, you know, take away the jobs for all, all the illegal immigrants. Really crack down on the people who are, who are take with the jobs, take with the benefits, uh, crack down on the people who uh, are giving jobs to illegal immigrants. Because if you take away somebody's you know, benefits, you take away their ability to work and get money, they're, they're going to come here, they're going to realize, well, you know, it's not so great now that I'm living on the streets, can't buy anything, I don't have any money, I don't have a house, I don't have anything. And they're going to go back. You know, n nobody's giving them help. Um, they'll find out, you know, well, maybe I was better off where I came from because at least there I could, you know, have a, have a hope for, for finding some sort of work. The old self-deportation that yeah. Blonde explained to me a few weeks ago. <laughs> get, it, get them to do it themselves. Saves us a lot of yeah. money. Yeah. yeah, then we don't even have to deal with the wall if they're not getting anything from uh, social programs. I wonder, why do you think it's controversial? I mean, getting back to this theme of He's saying very basic things. America first. America first is the general theme. Why? Why are we at a point where that's controversial now? Because I, I back because off multiculturalism is now the religion of the West. It's the same. It's the same sort of thing. You know, touching back upon upon Georgetown is you know the we we are the oppressors. So we have to give other people you know things that they want because we took that away from them before because we either won a war we we you know educated our people better we invented something that gave us an advantage um it, it's all part of the sort of reparations mindset this thing of oh white people you know we we we're inherently racist or or you know since since we have all these opportunities we need to distribute them um it, it's that same sort of mindset it's just prevalent in, in it's just showing itself in, in different forms is what i believe hmm. the other issue in there that's undoubtedly controversial that I can't believe is controversial is his idea that, look, we have to be honest that not all immigrants will assimilate and it's our sovereign right to decide which ones are most likely to thrive when they get here and to craft our policy accordingly. Mm -hmm. I don't understand why that's controversial. In fact, as I understand it, that is basically the immigration policy of like every other country outside of Europe where it's open doors. But if you, uh, Crowder was doing that this week, if you reverse you take a look at Mexico's immigration policies, for example. Here, they'd be called racist, xenophobic, oh, yeah. bigoted. Yeah. The laws say, like, look, uh, you're only going to come here if we think that you're going to contribute. And if you come here illegally, guess what? Big time crime. You're going to jail and we're going to boot your ass back to your country when you're done. We're going to penalize you severely, however we see fit. So that way, it's it's this inhumane bigoted xenophobic policy but our way if we if we propose something similar that's kind of the standard of the world outside of the places where rape has skyrocketed and other crime has skyrocketed right. through the roof suddenly we're the bad people why is it i don't know that's why we need people with other perspectives to come on the show someone please do it tell tell me why like tell me why the wall is racist tell me why it's unfair to say we're going to pick immigrants that we believe are going to thrive tell me why it's un we can't have the policies that other countries have i don't, I don't really get it but uh, and, you know, I think it's sort of because America has been ever since ever since you know she was born has been really a successful nation, uh, incredi incredibly successful. I mean, we're, we're number one, guys, uh, and a lot of people a lot of people are sort of jealous of that. I would say a lot of people want to come here and be part of that success. I mean, who doesn't want to be successful? Who doesn't want to live the American dream? So you know, I think a lot of people sort of feel entitled well you know america has it i want some of that too i want myself a piece of a piece of that american dream and um from there it's just the excuses start coming of why they should have that when you know they haven't really earned it uh, you're right. entitled to nothing as frank underwood likes to say 
<laughs> I have not. Uh, I have not watched the show. Uh, for some oh, reason, really? I've, I've watched like two episodes of it. And I got bored out of my mind, and I'm like, this should be a show I love. I just can't. I don't get it. I can't get into it. Through it. The, the first few episodes are a little dry, but it gets yeah, better. Maybe mm-hmm. I just uh, I just finished up Stranger Things. That's been my Netflix time. That was good. That was really good. Stranger yeah. Things. Yeah. Some people say there were a few people on Twitter who told me they didn't like it, and I was like, it reminded me a little bit blocked. of blocked. You've seen that movie, uh, Super Eight? No, I haven't. Your fan of Stranger Things are like Super Eight. Is it on Netflix? I'm not sure. All right. Uh, okay, so. That's kind of Trump's uh, immigration speech, unless there's anything else we want to discuss there. I propose moving on to my favorite video or story of the week, which neither of you have seen yet, and that's why I'm excited to get to it. It's because we're going to get some live reaction. So, no, 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 this is great, because I saw it. Uh, so I'm talking about the, the ridiculous hit piece ABC News put out on Milo this week, uh, which is about trolling, the concept of internet trolling, which it sounds like... The story is presented as, as from the perspective of your grandma trying to understand trolling or something. It's ridiculous. <laughs> but it's also so absurdly slanted in its presentation. It's hilarious. So I've cut it down to, I think, in the neighborhood of like uh, four minutes here. Oh, Lord. Be encouraged to, to react and interject and I'll pause it as we go because I want to hear your guys' thoughts. I have plenty. Fair enough. But let's... Without further ado, let's let's jump right into it. We confront the dark underbelly of social media. Beyond the cat videos and all those birthday shout-outs, an alarming number of users are exploiting their platforms to spread hate. One self-proclaimed internet troll, Milo Yiannopoulos, tells us he's unapologetic. <laughs> hey, right, Yiannopoulos. Even after being banned from Twitter for his infamous online taunting of Ghostbusters star Leslie Jones. He talked to ABC's Terry Moran in London. Are you a troll? Of course. <laughs> what is trolling? How do you look at it? I like to think of myself as a virtuous <laughs> troll, you know. I'm doing God's work. Milo Yiannopoulos, also known as Nero oh, Online, joined in the tormenting of Jones, calling her a man on Twitter to his 350,000-plus followers. In the uh, Twitter storm uh, sure, that I happened, was you called to... her a dude. <laughs> if Leslie Jones were right here, would you say, you look like a dude? <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> then you don't then you're to... an idiot. <laughs> Milo, as ever... Then you're an idiot. Uh... <laughs> So the whole point here is kind of like Milo's immaturity uh, is the theme of this. Like he's, he's immature and rude and stuff. You're an idiot. But you got to watch this guy's face as it he's goes. He's so mad. Oh, it's like, yeah, the triggering just can, like, I don't know. It gets worse and worse as it goes until at one point I freeze the frame at the end here. But there's this frame where he's just kind of got this look of shock and disgust on his face. But the pretty bad made it on ABC. There he is. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's right. I love that shirt, too. I kind of want it. This white male shirt. Should ask him where he got it. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone calls him is one of the most famous or infamous trolls on the internet. He's an editor at Breitbart, the ultra-conservative news website. He accused Jones of playing the victim and later called her barely literate. I don't say anything I don't believe, but of course I do say things in a way that is going to elicit a response from people. Jones detailed the abusive (laughs) words and images she was receiving and the racist and misogynistic slurs against her. (laughs) Even compared her to an ape. Yeah, and then I mean, he did not compare her to an ape. He never did that. He never did that. His fans did. And he, it's right. not like he directed them to. This is and conflation. Th- and they didn't, to be fair, they didn't say that he did in the piece if you go back and listen to it. But they, what, what if you're, they say? A, they say like, 
There were many tweets. They say something general. I'll play it again if you want here. They don't say Milo did it, but if you weren't aware of the facts, a reasonable person could walk away with That's that understanding. Let me Why didn't you stand the up as people of that? her ape, gorilla, and worse and say, guys, this is good. Why does he to need to do stand up? Not oh, wait, wait, sorry. Uh, I'm going too far. Ahead, I don't say anything I don't believe, well, but of course, let's, I do let's hear say what they said in again. a way that is going to elicit a response from people. Jones detailed the abusive words and images. Right. So Jones detailed the abusive words and images, which they're not saying who sent them. But given oh. the story is about Milo, you could reasonably conclude that if you didn't know. Oh. They really slandered him in the initial coverage of the thing. They were saying he was inciting people to go to go, you know, say horrible things to her. And all he was doing was being a troll himself. He wasn't telling anyone to go join in. He wasn't doing any sort of that stuff. You know, I if she wouldn't have taken what he'd said or any other trolls so seriously, which she shouldn't have because they were very clearly jokes, uh, you know, none of this would have happened. Uh, she, she, I mean, people get trolled on the internet all the time, but a lot of people just, you know, have, have the sort of experience or understanding that, oh, you know, maybe I shouldn't feed them because it, there's more are going to come. They're like sharks. Queen um, Ari, queen of the victim blaming. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, jeez. <yeah. laughs> okay. Yeah, I just, I just like to call it as it is. And yeah, yeah. That's but you're right. They did use... <laughs> they did use... <laughs> they did use this wildly unflattering image of her, which is kind of interesting. I mean, you'd think that's what someone tweeted out. Anyway, uh, let's continue with... She does look goes. like a dude, to be fair. <laughs> and the racist and misogynistic slurs against her that even compared her to an ape. Why didn't you stand up as people called her ape, gorilla, he and worse? And say, guys, to... this is good to why do, but to not racist. Other people? Not ra- why should I have to police other people's stand up for right. I'm responsible for, stand up for, that's right. I'm responsible for what though. I say. I'm perfectly happy to tell you well, I think that well, stuff is... So here's the thing, too. I didn't uh, grab the tweets, Sir, but... On this face. Well, but people... There were a lot of uh, Milo opponents... Who tweeted out like, Haha, "Look at the difference between Breitbart Milo, like airbrushed Milo, and just like out on the street Milo." And they they went after him ironically for his appearance, which that's because he's hate. been up all night doing ecstasy and like banging black dudes. He does look like he's had a night on the town, man. Oh yeah, he looks <laughs> excellent. You know, I'm just I'm just making it a little bit of fun, but he always look he always looks fabulous. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, and. Either it's fair game or it's not. You can't be mad at Milo for calling Leslie Jones a dude and then also turn around and be like, oh, he looks, I don't know, he looks uh, totally beat up or, you know, whatever. Like, what? It just it, It's either fair game or it's not. And Spitting in London landscape. That's what he's doing. Spitting yeah. in. That's right. Yeah, this was taped back in London. I forgot. Yeah, he's a bruv or whatever it is they call him over there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's disgusting. So you had I'm no perfectly obligation happy to show for your 350,000 followers. Does Justin Bieber have an obligation to his fans? No, 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 no. I'm sorry for being popular, but I am not responsible for what 350,000 people on the internet right. say. I am responsible for what I say. Right. Do you go after Selena Gomez when her fans send death threats to Justin Bieber? No. Do you go after Beyonce when her fans go after uh, Taylor Swift? No. Leslie Jones. I give them credit for actually including that clip in I it. Yeah. I mean, I mean, edited it out. Right. You know, why is he responsible for what somebody else does? Uh, not even in his name, uh, you know, whereas as Justin Bieber's fans will cut themselves in his name. But, you know, mm-hmm. Justin Bieber doesn't say anything about it. It's not Justin Bieber's fault. Nobody, nobody blamed Justin Bieber for when, when his fans cut themselves. Uh, <laughs> nobody did. I don't see why this is all Milo's fault. And it was, it was going on even before Milo jumped in. Milo jumped in because he saw what was happening and thought it was funny. Yeah. 
I cut out the clip, but he does have a section in there about the the weird degree to which we coddle not just Leslie Jones, but like celebrities in general, where you've accepted this role as a public figure, yet you mm-hmm. want to be this protected, fragile, I, I don't know, someone who's, someone who's immune to Twitter criticism. And I, I just, whether you think the treatment of Leslie Jones was harsh or not, I, I have a hard time sympathizing outside of actual credible threats. If someone said, hey, uh, here's a check for a few million dollars, and in exchange you have to endure like a timeline yeah. flooded with people calling you like mean names, I'll be like, oh, okay. I'll just not read the timeline and go spend <laughs> yeah. all of my money on really cool stuff. Why is that she so hard? Done, she should have, you know, got a, pic- got a picture of her with like all of her money up in her face and be like kicking up her feet with like a, with, like, a glass of like hot chocolate or something. Be like, later losers, something like that. Yeah. That would have been amazing i would have retweeted yeah that. I would have been like- and that's what milo has done you know in the many times that he's been ripped apart by people he's always taking pictures of piles of money yeah i don't care what you say look how rich i am <sighs> well there's as hard as it is to believe there's much more here. <laughs> one target of the self-proclaimed troll milo so makes a career sparking outrage one. spraying vitriol at many and helping to legitimize a movement of negativity growing on the what? internet one of his hot topics? When they wanted to have me removed from Pershing Square, a public space in the center of Los Angeles. Is the female what? physique. Oh, that was LA. You're going to go after somebody's body? Yeah. To denigrate their ideas? Absol- that, what absolutely. grade are you in? Abs- Seriously. No, 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 no. Are you a 13? Idiot. No, 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 no. Absolutely I will. And I'll tell you Not why. Because, because, because somebody body, doesn't body have positive. a weight that you it's abso- think is, it is proper? So That's revolting. No, it's not revolting. Yes, it is. No, it's not. I'll tell you what's revolting. What's revolting is the body positivity movement. What's revolting is this, is this idea now that you can tell women that they'll be healthy at any size. Why? Because it tells women that you can be fat and you can be unattractive and you'll be happy anyway. <laughs> That's a lie. There seem to be no limits. <laughs> No hold. Any comments? I mean, it's another thing where it's like. I mean, of course he's right. Uh, you know, the, this whole body positivity thing is making women considerably more unhappy than they were in previous generations. I think it's you know a huge contributor to female unhappiness. So you know, of course he's right, and he's just totally owning this guy, and he's just getting so mad. You idiot! How what grade are you in? That's in the meantime, you know, it's, not, it's not an actual. <laughs> it's not a, the the ABC guy's not giving an, an actual you know argument. It's just a counter argument. No. It's just, yeah, well, that's dumb. That's stupid. That's no, revolting. Uh, I, I, you're you know, so I, mean. I, I see Milo's point uh, with, the, with the whole fat shaming thing because women mm-hmm. are getting unhappier, like you said, and, you know, women are getting fatter. And that's not healthy, nor is it attractive. Let's not pretend no. that it is because it isn't. Someday when I get fat, when I inevitably will, um, be when, I, when I'm old, you know, that's just what happens. Hopefully I don't look as, as horrible as Hillary Clinton. I'm certainly not going to be buying Ooh. any 13 13- dollar potato sacks um to wear <laughs> clothes but but you know i i, I that's not going to be something i'm proud of oh, hey guys you know i weigh 200 pounds congratulations yeah, yeah. and, not and beautiful. the argument may be controversial i mean what what he's saying as you've said is look we, we can't just accept the idea that the teaching women that if you if you get overweight you're going to be you're still going to be attractive and happy because that's just not true. You could probably make a counter argument to that if you wanted, but but like you said, this guy's not doing that. He's mischaracterizing it as a statement of like, you call women fat and that's mean. Like, well, there's there's reason behind why he's skeptical of the body positive I mean, movement. I mean, Let's and he's not calling reason. just any woman fat. He's yeah. calling like 
your Tess Holidays fat and women that are accosting us with their fat tits and ass. Women that insist that you find their bodies attractive, not just anyone. Yes. He's not just going up to people on the street, like lose weight fat. He's not doing that. Right. Yeah, yeah, you know, if you if you if you're happy when you weigh 300 pounds, you know, props to you. It's unhealthy. Um, I'm not going to sit around and, and and pretend that you know somebody who weighs 300 pounds is is beautiful. Uh, we all know that's not true, and it's a horrible thing to say. But you know, sometimes things like that need to be said. And you know, working out is healthy for you. And, and I know it's difficult. I hate doing it. I hate going on my runs. But I mean, it it, it it's it. healthy. Have to do it. Well. Keep that hate speech flowing. Let's keep going. Holds <laughs> barred for the dropout from Cambridge University in England, sometime poet, tech journalist, Donald Trump supporter, gay Catholic, and entrepreneur. These pathological, sociopathic, <laughs> feminist liars in My popular culture. All, we, we are, it, is, it is insisted upon us that we all pay obeisance to the cult of Lena Dunham and Amy Schumer that put on the cover of the magazines. I'm all expect. Let's say. Uh, <laughs> That's foreshadowing for what we're about to talk about in the last few minutes of the show here. Why are they? Why are they put on a pedestal? Them of all women. Yeah, I know. Well, that, that, that's <laughs> just weird. On a pedestal, and be like, look at how great she is. Or this is one of my favorite parts. Expected to pretend that we like them. Well, we don't. He's talking about a best-selling author and A-list movie star oh God, who also happens to have her own ah. hit TV series, Inside Amy Schumer. I like Amy Schumer. She's Nobody funny. likes She them. makes me laugh. Oh, Nobody wants to be Inside oh, Amy God. Schumer. Well, you must have very low standards for comedy, I'm telling you. Oh, uh, they're Not, not very much makes me laugh with Amy Schumer. These are terrible, talentless people that we are instructed we must like unless... Then the sort of subtext is, you know, if you don't like them, you're some kind of bigot somehow. With my name-calling and with my provocation and with my bad manners, um, you know, I think actually America's had enough of nice manners. If my rudeness creates conversation, Look my at his rudeness face. provokes people into, first of all, saying, oh, it what a monster, better. blah, blah, blah. And then 20% of people start talking about what I was actually saying. <laughs> I will consider my career to be a terrific success. Milo Yiannopoulos represents the tip of the iceberg in a rising tide of Don't hate and it. abuse in social media. One oh. he clearly sees as a noble purpose. Trolling is very important. Wow. Trolling is absolutely essential. America needs more trolling because trolls are the only people who tell the truth these days. Many join <laughs> him on this crusade. <laughs> no, tell me you edit. Yeah, no, no, I, I put it that I put that in because I wanted to highlight his face. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, no, they didn't. <laughs> yeah, no, I've I put that in because I wanted to highlight this face right here that's on your screen, which he is just like so this stunned. this look of shock and disgust. But that's what's that's what's funny. I mean, it's it's kind of poor production, but the piece is so slanted and stupid that there's maybe a small part of you that believed it was actually part of the story itself uh, <laughs> because it was just this falsely dramatic bullshit. Yes. Hit, hit piece that was just pure slant. They didn't take on a single one of his arguments and they just tried to defame him as a terrible person. You know, I think sometimes what Milo does is needed and depending on what you want to do with your life, you can or cannot emulate that. Um, you know, I don't think that going out and calling people names is something that's going to work. Um, but Milo Milo does it uniquely where he actually gets his message across and he's, that's something that, that he does very well. Um right. That's why he gets so much attention because he's good at what he does. Uh, but 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 these people take him at least at least the the patrolling part of him way too seriously. There he's being serious. There he's like, this is what yeah. I'm doing. Yeah. This is why. And you know, please try and understand that's that's what it is. And I tend to agree with him about the trolling too. I mean, if nobody pushes back, then these the progressives are just going to continue to take more power this way. <clears throat> yeah, we live in a sort of 
outrage culture where people people are getting angry over the slightest of things and the only way to get a message across people is to sort of evoke some sort of emotional reaction that's going to make them think one way or the other on a certain topic right. and that's what it does excellently. Whoops. Sorry, I accidentally played an ABC video because I was looking at ABC's page just to give you an idea on the numbers here. So ABC's page has almost 2 million YouTube subscribers. On average, their videos get like three to 4,000 views a video, which is really? not very good for that size of a channel and how big of a media source they are. Huh. Uh, my, the Milo video, however, is sitting at... Un- oh, where is it here? Let's go back. Uh it's just under, no, it's Wait, over half a million views now, 546,000, <laughs> 2,700 upvotes, including me, so it would be shared on my Twitter page, and 24,409 downvotes. This is, uh, this is a ton of traffic for ABC's page, but it's not the kind of traffic That's I think they envisioned. It's the trolls. Yeah. <laughs> There were so many things about it that were just so stupid, too, at the start. They're like, it's not just cat videos and birthday shout-outs. Dude, that's, this is not 2008, either. <laughs> the, the, the reason your views are so poor is because of alternative media and people like right. Milo, who, where people are going. It's not some silly alternative not- platform with cat videos. It's sinking your business as we speak, and your relevance declines every day because of it. You might want to take it seriously. but Why are they doing this? Well, I mean, to me, it's sort of like they're they're they were doing a sort of introduction piece for like a Sesame Street episode or something like that. Yeah. Like people don't want to be treated, you know, like 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 they're they're some sort of child or they're they they you need to be protected or shielded from from certain ideas or certain concepts. Um, you, you know, pe- some people like Milo because of because he's funny. Some people like him because he's shocking. Uh, others like him because of his message is is you know on point. Uh, especially, and I think it's needed in today's uh, society, and I think he's doing a, a great job of fulfilling that role. Agreed. I, that, that's a, unfortunately another area around here where you're not going to find a lot of diversity of opinion or thought because we are all members of the Church of Milo around here. If you can't tell, that's a signed photo of Milo back there, oh, look at that. I have given my... to me by the man himself that I still I have on the shelf. Downstairs. <laughs> you know, I am on friends list on snapchat so i think i went <sighs> damn it okay well we're always trying to exploit our connections and our- <laughs> we're always yeah. one really i mean really the reason we had you on ariana is i, I suspected <laughs> you might be another uh another well connected individual yeah that we could uh that we could use how uh but <laughs> um we are running out of time do you guys want to discuss lena dunham or should we ax Lena Dunham? Did I want to vomit today is the real question. <laughs> I, think, I know. Well, didn't Blonde... we kind of get into it a little bit? We talked about her and I imagined her in my mind. And that's she's just not a good role model. You know, she, she's a, she molested her sister. So she's a child molester and she supports incest. I don't know. Well, I don't did know you hear the story though? Did you hear what happened? Why everyone's all pissed off about her? Uh, didn't she like say this guy didn't want to sleep with her or something? You know, I, I, I didn't want to vomit that day either. Um, so, you know, I, I can't blame the guy for not wanting to sleep with her, but I think that, you know, if we're going to idolize some women, we should at least idolize good women and, you know, women who've actually done something with their lives, uh, which oh, there's, yeah. a, there's a, you know, you know, we idolize Kim Kardashian. What did she do? Well, she had a, she made a sex tape that's, and, and married, and married, uh, Kanye West. That's, that's a huge accomplishment, guys. That's, that's really something every, every woman should strive for. Totally. <laughs> I just want to read the, this quote before we sign off. So she was at the Met Gala in May, uh, and Odell Beckham Jr. was there, the Giants wide receiver. And Lena Dunham, talking with Amy Schumer in her Lenny letter that everyone apparently reads, 
said this. Uh... It was amazing because it was like he looked at me and he determined I was not the shape of a woman by his standards, uh, Lena said. He was like, that's a marshmallow, that's a child, that's a dog. It wasn't mean, he just seemed confused. The vibe was very much like, do I want to fuck it? Is it wearing a, yep, it's wearing a tuxedo. I'm going to go back to my cell phone. It was like we were forced to be together and he literally was scrolling Instagram rather than look at a woman in a bow tie. I was like, this should be called the Metropolitan Museum of Getting Rejected by Athletes. My God, the level of uh, narcissism and just like self-absorption and delusions of self-importance and all this stuff. And of course, the social justice warriors are jumping on her because they're ripping her for that, for that arrogance. But they're also saying like, she's perpetuating stereotypes of sexualizing the black man and it's racist. And (laughs) they continue to cannibalize Uh. each other. I love it. I love it. Anyway. She makes me sick. <laughs> Why? Why does I, I she think, exist? It's, it, I know. In her head, it's like shocking that someone wouldn't want to sleep with Lena Dunham or someone like an elite athlete would look at her oh, and be I know. like, Ooh, pass, she, is, pass. she is not of interest to me because I'm Odell Beckham Jr. And I can do like, I can get literally anything I want. So I'm going to so move She's so low on. on the totem pole that I <laughs> doubt he even considered fucking her. He probably looked at her and it didn't even add up in his mind she didn't even register he's it's probably an, only banging like supermodels that's another level of delusion that yeah that the probably, thought he, he even crossed didn't his even mind see her she's wearing a tuxedo i mean yeah he just scanned right over her. <laughs> <laughs> he was like <laughs> what's this dude doing here yeah where are the bitches at yeah exactly oh my gosh well that's lena dunham crashing the end of the show any more on her oh i just want to unsee all the times i've seen her naked I've never seen her naked. Does she get naked on her show? All the time. I have seen her vag, like full on vag on girls. There's a scene where she like opens her leg, Sharon Stone style. You see her entire, like entire vag area. I didn't know HBO does that. Yeah. It's just FUPA though. It's just like a big pile of blubbery fat (laughs) and like you can't really see anything else. Uh, And then you see her boobs a whole bunch too and she dances around like every episode. Don't watch that show. It's garbage. She got canceled. So. Oh, it's off the air now. I didn't know that. Uh, yeah, I think they just filmed the last episode, but it had such bad ratings because everybody wants Selena Dunham to die. So so I guess they canceled it for that reason. Hmm. HBO. Well, you know, we always try to end the show on a cheery note. I would say that's a, <laughs> that's a great place. That's a good positive <laughs> note. Uh, Girls got canceled. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was speaking specifically about Lena Dunham's death. That's a, a good oh. positive. It's a good positive <laughs> to end on. Comment. <laughs> Look at her trying to keep a neutral face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, good, good. <laughs> Finally, you've been uh, t- t- talking about all this controversial stuff and, you know, trying to stand up for truth and regardless of how uh, hateful it may seem, but I finally out hated you. I'm glad. Can we wow. all get off of here and open our windows and turn on our AC? <laughs> it's nice it's and so cool where here. I am. It's like 50 it's degrees and boiling. raining, so I'm energized <laughs> this week, but I'm good to end the show if you guys are done. Okay. All right. Well, uh, big thanks to our wonderful guest. That was Ariana Rowlands. You can follow her. Uh, that is I am Queen Ari on Twitter. So be sure to follow her there. You can also find her work writing at uh, refinedright.com. And I know I'm going to keep reading there because, uh, like I said, it's rare that I read a story these days. And I think that writer did a damn good job assembling these facts comprehensively. And that's exactly what Ari does. So I hope you'll, I hope you'll keep up the work and we'll keep reading. 
thanks as always to our live viewers and live chatters who keep us on a shit posting away while we try to maintain sincerity. Yeah, if you're listening, answer. I gotta stay out of here. If you're listening on YouTube or on an audio platform, thank you kindly for supporting the show. Remember, there's more material on our audio platforms, so subscribe and follow over there. Uh, you can always email the show, beautyandthebeta at gmail.com as well. We'll be back next Sunday, because if it's Sunday, sorry, Chuck Todd, it's not Meet the Press. It's Beauty and the Beta. We'll see you then.